0: Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: You know, we're we're progressing right along. We're... Getting into chapter 6 of the Earthwalk series, and we're going to spend the next couple weeks just looking at some preliminary things, some more concepts about Jesus that you and I need to grasp. And then, about the middle of chapter 6, we're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount, or a, a mountaintop talk. We're going to look at some of the teachings that Jesus has. But right now, we want to broaden, continue to broaden our concept concerning who Jesus is. And today, especially, We're going to look at two different incidents from the life of Jesus. Two different things that happened on two different Sabbaths. So let me just remind you, the Sabbath is a Saturday. I know in the Christian church we tend to think of the Sabbath as Sunday, but that's not true. In the Bible, the Sabbath is Saturday. It starts actually on Friday evening at sundown, and it goes through Saturday until Saturday's sundown. That is the Sabbath. And there's a couple of controversies that took place with Jesus on two different Saturdays. And from these controversies, Jesus is going to show us what's really important. Because the fact of the matter is, is even you here today as believers can come in here and be confused about what's important. Because here's the thing, we can reduce our Christianity down to just a few exercises. Do you know what I mean by that? You can reduce your Christianity down to attendance, giving, and service. Attendance, giving, and service. And if you don't do any of those three, especially in our circle of churches, maybe you know this, if if you don't show up, you're not right with God. If you don't give, He's going to get it from you anyhow. Or, number three, if you don't serve, you're not you're not in that right relationship with Him. And you can have a concept that those three things are what's most important in Christianity. But they're not. They're not important. They're not the most important thing. Now, they they are important. They come out of your Christian walk, and we'll talk about that later. But the reality is is that there's something more important than even those three things. And we need to grasp that. So, let's look at this. We're going to look at a couple things today. We're going to look at what I will call the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers. And, and everybody understands what a gatekeeper is, don't you? It's the guy who keeps the gate. He's the guy who regulates who, who can come in and who can't come in. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like a bouncer type thing. Okay, and so we're going to talk about the gatekeepers. And then we're going to talk about a proper perspective that we see from Jesus. So let's look. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And we're going to look at two different incidences from the life of Jesus and hopefully gain an understanding of what's most important. So look with me, verse 1 through 11. Luke writes, Now it happened after the first that he went through the grain fields, and his disciples plucked heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answering them said, Have you not read this? What David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he said to them, The Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that as he entered the synagogue and taught, a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and saw, said to the man who was withered, who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy? And when he looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we ask that you would give us understanding to your word. And I pray now, help us to see especially how our lives line up to this passage. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what I want you to see. First thing, the gatekeepers. Have you noticed that in churches, I've been around a few years now, Have you noticed in churches that there are people who seem to know what is spiritual and what is not? You know what I'm talking about? There are people who can tell you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. There are people who will tell you where you can go and where you can't go. There there are people who will tell you what you should listen to and what you shouldn't listen to. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? And, And they're the truly spiritual people, and they are the what? I call them the gatekeepers. They're the spiritual police in the church. Do you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you, and you try your best not to get busted by the spiritual police. Do you know what I mean by that? You try to do your best so, so like maybe you've got your CD or whatever music you love in your in your car, and and, you know, and one of the spiritual police comes along and says, Hey, can you give me a ride? And, and, and you're, you're kind of caught off guard and you say, Oh, yeah, sure. And when you get in, you have it blasting. And, and then they get in and, and and they listen to some song on there, and, they're like, and they say, you know, a good Christian wouldn't listen to that. Or somebody must have been playing with my dial. Isn't that the kind of thing we do because we're afraid of who? The gatekeepers. You know, it's, it, it's not it's not something new. It's been around for a while, and they were in Jesus's day as well. And Luke is going to show us from two different instances. That they were there because if there was one thing a Jew observed, it was the Sabbath. In fact, they went farther than anyone with the Sabbath. In fact, even to this day, if you were to go to Israel today, on the Sabbath, you can't use an elevator. Just simply pushing the button to decide which floor to go to is considered work. And so what they did was, for a while, they just let the elevator stop at every floor. But here recently now, the the Israeli religious scholars have decided that that, too, is work. So you just have to take the steps. Isn't that interesting? doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's work, too, isn't it? You know, I mean, especially if you're on the seventh floor. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, their religious exercises were repressive. The first incident is this. Jesus is walking through a grain field. And the law very clearly said that if you're on a journey and you're walking through a grain field, the law in Deuteronomy, I think it's uh, Deuteronomy 23 or chapter 25, says very clearly Moses allowed for you as a wayfarer, as somebody who's on a journey and you're walking through a grain field, you were allowed by the law to pluck grain and eat it. You would rub it in your hands and eat the grain in your hands. You were allowed by the law to do that. However, the rabbis came along and decided that on the Sabbath, you couldn't do that. Because that was considered work. In fact, they had four specific laws that were broken if you were to do that. You say, what do you mean? So, just the simple fact of reaching over there and grabbing thats What? Harvesting. Rubbing the grain in your hands to break off that chaff was considered threshing. Putting it in your mouth was another exercise. And then throwing away the chaff was another one. So they had four different laws that were broken simply by just reaching over, plucking a few heads, rubbing it, and and just getting a little bit of a mouthful of something for your journey. That's how crazy they were. Think about that. They had four different laws just for that one little exercise of reaching over there, grabbing a few pieces of head of grain off, and eating them. That's pretty repressive, isn't it? You know what? If you've been around church a long time, we don't go around, oh, look, there's a field over there. I'll get some grain. We don't do that, but think about the rules that we impose on each other. And that church imposes on each other. Simply to what? Keep you in line as far as what's spiritual and what's not. Think about it. Think about the rules that have been there over the years. Where you couldn't go, what you couldn't do. None that were in the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? None that were in the Bible, but they took a Bible principle and then expanded upon it. That's what they're doing here. This is what the Pharisees were doing. They took a Bible principle and expanded upon it so that what? They would keep you in line with the principle. But here's the problem. They made it so repressive that you wouldn't do anything. So repressive that you wouldn't do anything. In fact, let me tell you, that was just the grain illustration. Think about the illustration of the man with the withered hand. They had a rule that said it was wrong to heal on the Sabbath. Now, if it was a life or death situation, their law allowed for that. But if it's a situation where, like, for instance, with a gentleman with a withered hand, that's basically an atrophied hand, that is, his, his muscles basically were probably withered and so forth, the fact of the matter is, in that type of situation, they say you should wait till the next day, not do it on the Sabbath. Listen to this. They are not allowing you to heal anybody on the Sabbath. That's repressive see the gatekeepers what they do is they make rules and their religious exercises are what repressive let's go on they had a skewed view of right and wrong they had a skewed view of right and wrong understand something think about this when you when you think about it you're on a journey first of all you on a sabbath you could only walk a certain distance anyhow Before it was considered work. So it's not like these guys are walking very far anyhow. But obviously they must be hungry. And because they are hungry, they reach over and grab something to eat. They're allowed to do that. The law allows them to do that. God said it's okay to do that. Here's a guy who's in the synagogue. His hand is withered. It's atrophied. Some of you are old enough to remember polio. How many of you remember polio? I remember seeing somebody who had polio. I remember in my last church I had a gentleman who had polio and he, as a young boy, as a teenage boy, he was a strong, healthy individual, but then in his late teens he got polio and that ended up affecting one arm and one leg. And he showed me his arm and his leg and he compared the two and while this one was strong, this one wasn't. While this leg was strong and muscular, This one wasn't. Why? Because the polio had affected his arm and his leg. Somehow this gentleman, whatever he had experienced, had a hand, basically probably all of this, that was withered, that is, atrophied, muscular deterioration in his hand. Jesus sees that, but here's the problem. The Pharisees, they want to look for an accusation against Jesus, and they won't allow him to heal. What's going on here? They've got a wrong skewed sense of what's right and wrong. Do you understand? Their whole focus is on what? Ritual rather than on what? Taking care of people. Their whole focus is on making sure they're doing all the right stuff and looking good rather than meeting human need. That's what's going on here. So they had a skewed sense, a skewed view of right and wrong. Now look with me at verse 8. But he knew their thoughts and said to them, Who had the withered man stand here? So arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. And here's what happened. He said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy? And he looked around at them and he stretched, said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as it was whole. Now look at verse 11. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. A couple things I want you to see here. Number one, they were in control of spirituality. They were in control of spirituality. You know what, I personally for myself, I've come a long way over the years. I've shared with you before, you know, I became a believer 25 years ago, and I went to a little church. It was a great church. I loved that church, but I was taught legalism there. I loved the people of that church, but I was taught you were supposed to dress a certain way, supposed to have your hair a certain way, don't have any facial hair, show up at certain places, don't go to certain places, carry a certain Bible. I mean, the love was there, but with it was a bunch of things that were heaped on top of the love that I had to keep, and if I didn't keep them, my first response was always to think, well, I'm not right with God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If I didn't do these certain things, I'm not right with God. Now, here's the problem with the certain things. The Bible doesn't tell you how to dress, except it says for ladies to dress modestly. The Bible doesn't tell you what version to carry, because there's only one Bible, period. It's written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. We have translations. The Bible doesn't tell you a lot of other stuff that we were holding to. Where did that stuff come from? Where did it come from? Anybody know where it came from? Preachers. Gatekeepers. Maybe we don't like something, so we don't want everybody else to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And therefore, because you're doing what I think is wrong, therefore your spirituality is called into question. Why? Because we're in control of spirituality. This is what's going on here. So listen to me. When Jesus says to them, what is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or evil? He's really putting it back in their face, guys. What's more important? So they didn't answer him. You notice that? The passage says they didn't answer him. He looks around at them, waiting for an answer. They won't answer him. Jesus then says to the guy, stretch out your hand. And the implication is, is the guy stretched out his hand, which is an act of faith, and it's healed. Now, notice their reaction in verse 11. How did they respond? They got mad. Not just any mad. The verse very much, when you look at the original language there, it is that they were livid. They were raging. They were, here's the implication, throwing a fit. That's how angry they were. In fact, they were so angry, they wanted to what? Kill him. Now, you've got to be very angry to want to kill somebody, right? I mean, we've threatened it before, haven't we? If I could just get my hands on him or her. Right? You know what I'm talking about. But, you know, we won't we're not usually that angry, we're just perturbed. But I'm talking about they literally wanted to kill him. What's going on here? Why are they acting this way? Because they're the ones who are in control of spirituality, and Jesus comes along and he what? Strips that control away from them. See, this is what the gatekeepers do. They're in control of what you should be doing. But the problem is, is what they're in control of and what they're telling you doesn't come out of God's Word. So here's the other thing I want you to see about that. They allow themselves to do evil. This, I mean, if you look at this passage, look with me. Look at that passage, especially look at verses. Not so much, you can see it in in verses 1 through 5. But when you look at verses 6 through 11, we're talking about there is a guy there with his hand who is withered. Now, if your hand is basically useless, how are you going to get around in life? It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Here's these guys. They know the guy's there. They know his hand is withered. They know that Jesus can heal it. That, first of all, let me stop for a moment. There's no assumption here that they don't believe Jesus can do it. They know Jesus can do it. That's why they're looking to see if he'll do it. So they already know that Jesus can heal the guy. If there's no problem there, they know he can heal. The issue is whether or not he will heal. And here they are. They don't want Jesus to do what's good. I mean, healing the guy's hand, is that evil or good, folks? It's good, right? If you had that power, you would use it, wouldn't you? In fact, to withhold that power, in your mind, is what? Wrong. In fact, isn't that what the Bible says? To him that knows to do good and doeth it not, it is what? Sin, James says. But here's what they do. They get angry about doing good. They think that's wrong. But then when Jesus heals him, guess what they want to do? Kill. See, here's the thing. They're in control of everybody else. What you're doing is wrong. You're not spiritual. God's not going to accept you. But then they allow themselves to what? Do evil. In fact, you know what, folks? Here's the thing. If you look throughout the Bible, you'll see that that principle is throughout the Bible that those who judge others, when they are judged by the very standard by which they judge others, how do they do? They don't match up. See, this is why Jesus says to you, don't judge. Because the fact of the matter is, when you judge, you don't live up to the very standard which you judge others by. Because you allow yourself you allow yourself more latitude than you do others. Have you noticed that? If you're here and you struggle with criticism, and, and I, I, can, I can understand that for years I struggled with criticism. For years I was a very critical person. Very critical of others. And here's what you do when you're a critical person. You can find... Every little bitty problem with everybody else. But here's what you do. You overlook your own. In fact, you make excuses for it. That's what these guys were doing. They're the gatekeepers. Now, I want you to understand something. The gatekeepers want you to be enchained, enslaved to doing and serving and keeping their laws. Because what they see as being important That's it. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus came along and said, it's not important. There's something more important than that. So let's look at what what it is. Here's what he's saying. Number one, the proper perspective is this. Human need trumps religious exercise. In both of these passages, here's what Jesus is saying. First of all, with the plucking of grain. He brings up the illustration of David. Remember King David, when he first fled from Saul, he didn't have much. He goes to the priest at Nob. You can find this in 1 Samuel. He goes to the priest at Nob, and he shows up before Ahimelech, the high priest, and he says to him, do you have anything to eat here? I'm on a special journey. He lies. I'm on a special journey for the king, and I need some food for me and my men. Do you have anything to eat here, And do you, or do you have a sword? And the priest says to him, All we have is the show bread. Now, that was a special bread that was put in the Holy of Holies, and they would take that bread out every day. Put it in, put fresh bread in, take the old bread out. And they had the bread from that day. But here's the thing, it was only reserved for the priest to eat. The only one who could eat that bread after he had been in the presence of God was the priest. But Abimelech knows that there's a human need here, and so he says, you can have the bread, only make sure that your men and you have not had or been with a woman in a certain period of time. And David says, of course not. We haven't done that. So Jesus is bringing up this illustration to show that here was a law that said it could only be eaten by the priests, but there was a greater need. What was the greater need? Men who were hungry. And the priests gave them the bread. Here's the thing. Jesus says to them when that guy's there with a withered hand, he says, what is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or evil, they wouldn't answer it. Why? Because human need trumps religious exercise every time. That's what Jesus is saying. Some of you need to grasp that. Some of you need to grasp that human need trumps religious exercise every time. Period. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's a proper perspective. Verse 8 tells us this also. He sees through our religious actions. Look at what it says in verse 8. But he knew their thoughts. Isn't that interesting? How would you like to have Jesus in the room? You and I can't read each other's minds. Jesus in the room, he knew what they were thinking when he spoke. That's scary, isn't it? See, here's the thing, folks. We can do all the religious exercise we want. We can be gatekeepers ourselves of what's right and what's wrong. And the fact of the matter is, is Jesus looks right through all of that and he can see our heart. And he knows exactly why we're doing what we're doing. You understand? It's not the exercise. Now, if you're giving out of a pure heart, He sees that. But if you're giving for the wrong reasons, He sees that too. If you're here because you want to worship Him and be with God's people, He sees that. But if you're here for the wrong reasons, He sees that too. If you're serving Because you love him and because of what he's done for you you want to give back to him with your service, he sees that. But if you're serving for the wrong reasons because you want attaboys, oh isn't aren't they great? Man, I hope we have a potluck. I love that macaroni and cheese that person makes. And that's what you live for? Guess what? He sees that too. See, he sees through our religious actions. He knew their hearts. The final thing I want you to see there is that Jesus is the center of true spirituality. Look at what he says. Verse 5. After they were fussing at him about his disciples grabbing a few heads of grain, quote, breaking four laws, Jesus explains to them what is more important that human need trumps your spirituality. He makes this statement, and this is the thing that you and I need to grasp. Here's what he says. Look with me at verse 5. He says this, and he said to them, The Son of Man, which is a Messianic title, so he's claiming to be Messiah here. If anybody says to you that Jesus never claimed to be Messiah or God, they don't know what they're talking about. They haven't read their Bible. Here he is. He's claiming to be Messiah because he's using a Messianic messianic title. And he says this, The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Let me just stop for a moment. Let me help you understand what he's saying here. He's saying the Messiah, that's who he is, is Lord of the Sabbath. So first of all, who's the one who instituted the Sabbath, folks? Who instituted the Sabbath? God. When did he institute it? In the very beginning, didn't he? So who can be in charge of the Sabbath? God. Do you understand what he's claiming now? He's saying He, the Messiah, is Lord of what God instituted. Only God can be Lord of what God instituted. You understand what I'm saying? He's saying, look, you guys have got it all out of whack here. You're totally missing it. You're so focused on your religious exercises, you've missed what's most important. And what's most important, here's what he's saying, is me. Me. Because I'm the Messiah. And I'm the Lord of the Sabbath that you hold so dearly to. He's the center of all true spirituality. Do you understand that? What's most important of why we come, of why we give, of why we serve, is not to keep some laws that somebody else made. What's more important than anything of why you should be here is because of who? Jesus. Bottom line. He's the center of all true spirituality. Listen, some of you struggle with your devotions. You know what I'm talking about. You want to have your devotions. You say, I tried that early morning thing. It doesn't work. You read a little bit and you're drifting off thinking about what. And, and so you struggle with your devotions. Now the problem is, is that you view your devotions because some preacher told you a good Christian keeps their devotions. And then you wonder why you struggle because you're doing it because some preacher told you to do it rather than you're doing it because of Jesus. See, He's the center of spirituality. I have my devotions. I read my word. I pray. I serve because of Him. Not because some preacher told you to do it. It's because of Him. That's the proper perspective.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you.